With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. Today's episode coming off the back of a fourth consecutive win. A quite remarkable turnaround and the perfect way to head into the season break for the World Cup. Now, we were all at West Ham on Saturday. We had a lovely time. Goals from Madison and Barnes securing a 2-0 win, but also there was a sixth clean sheet in just eight games. Ward, Amati and Fez quickly becoming the second hardest Leicester City trio. Of course, still behind myself, Jack Holmes and Jordan Holford. Uh, Jordan, how are you, sir? Very well indeed, mate. Going into the World Cup off the back of four wins in a row and uh, I can't wait to go to Qatar and can't wait to come back and watch Leicester fly up the table. And you, Jack, how do you feel being um, officially titled the part of the, the hardest Leicester City trio? Well, I feel uneasy about that. But I'm I not thought you uneasy. would, that's why I yeah. asked. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uneasy about our form. Uh, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I had... Um, Saturday was perfect. Uh, you know, I saw you boys. Uh, Jason was over from New York, which was great to see him amongst others. Um, and yeah, it was just brilliant day, brilliant game. Not much more that you can ask for than that, really. So at the end of last week's episode, we promised you we'd bring you some special episodes with some special guests. And I think it's fair to say we've we've delivered on that one. Uh, one of Leicester's and England's greatest ever. Uh, feels slightly surreal to to intro him right now. The The one and only... Gary Lineker. Gary, thank you so, so much for your time and, and joining us on the, the podcast uh, today. First and foremost, how are you, sir? I'm um, great. Really good. Thank you. Now that Leicester have um, <laughs> recovered a little bit. But yeah, all good. Thanks. Yeah, no, it, it really is quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, four wins on the bounce, six clean sheets from the last eight. Gary, um, <laughs> it always feels that, that supporting Leicester, it's lots of highs and lows. It's, it's never straightforward, is it? We never just have a, a mid-table season, but but this one's right up there, isn't it? Just 15 games in. Yeah, well, I think we did take a, a, a mid-table season <laughs> a couple, few weeks ago. But no, it's... Um, yeah, and I think sometimes... It's funny, I think Leicester possibly turning to being back into Leicester City again. But, um, you know, but we've been perhaps spoiled a little bit over the last few years with the, the success we've had. I mean, who would have ever thought that we'd win the Premier League, which is obviously um, outrageous, uh, win the FA Cup as well. And charity shield and get some good cup runs and um and I kind of was half you know a few weeks ago thinking well this is just as going back to be perhaps being a yo-yo club but mm. um they've they've rallied so we're still hoping this I, you know we've left our run title run a little bit late this year <laughs> but who knows <laughs> yeah no who knows um Gary I want to ask you about the manager Brendan Rodgers, he, he has been, hasn't he, the, the main topic of, of conversation amongst fans all season. You know, one of our club's most successful ever. But yes. it started pretty terribly, didn't it? Seven games, just one point. 
22 goals conceded, the most ever at that stage of a Premier League season. Lots of people were, were calling for the manager's head. Now, of course, that's changed somewhat now in, in recent times. Now we started winning again. But I'm curious, Gary, uh, where were you at with, with the whole thing? Because at, at some point, I think all of us have, have probably thought maybe it was time for a change. Um, were you the same? No, not at all. I think we've got a good manager and you've got to know when you've got a good manager and you've got to stick with them when they've had their first really bad run. And um, I think so many clubs make um, that mistake of thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Um, you know, Brendan's proven. Um, he's, he's been brilliant. What's what, what we've done? Finished, you know, fifth a couple of times, eighth. I mean, top half. Yes, we had a bad start to this season, but, you know, we couldn't buy anyone in the summer for whatever reasons that was. And then we lost to Farner at the start of the season. Um, and a few games in, we really didn't have proper central defensive partnership. Thankfully, our recruitment system has worked really well uh, with face. And um, and we're looking much more solid at the back. So, I no, my my boys were all on. Oh, funny, I've got four lads, three of them support Leicester. Um, two of them were solid, Brendan, and one of them was Wade. <laughs> um, but um, I, I just think it, I mean, that's the nature of how football is now. The the lack of patience and the immediate um, um, finger of blame always seems to point to the manager and the coach. Um, if they lose the dressing room, um, then you can you can start to think that way. But it's quite clear from the way players were speaking that that he hadn't. Um, and also, I wasn't ever that worried about relegation. Um, I said it on air. I think when they were going really badly, um, that we won't go down. Um, because we score goals. Um, and it's a lot easier sorting out the other end of the pitch than it is to sort out a team that scores goals. So, um, And it, they've obviously put a lot of work in for that. So, no, I was um, I was pro-Brendan. Um, and you can find it on Match of the Day if you doubt. <laughs> we <laughs> believe you. <laughs> Jack. Gary, I was going to ask you about uh, the other end of the pitch um, and about a couple of, of players, if I may, because I know... Uh, from our time in Rome, how big a fan of Fafana you you were and you are, but obviously Fez has has come in and and been tremendous. Um, so I just I just wanted to get your your thoughts on him, and then ask you a slightly more difficult question: that if you're picking between the two, who are you mm-hmm. picking? Um, well, I'm picking Fez at the moment because Fafana's injured again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was an that's easy... a cop out. Yeah, I, I think Fafana's going to be a great player. Now he's, 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 he does, you know, that's another not series as the last one, obviously, but um, where he was incredibly unlucky. Um, so you never know with injuries. Um, I've, I've been incredibly um, impressed with the the new addition because I was thinking, you know, obviously. You know, Johnny Evans now is, is coming to the end and he's, he's struggling um, a little bit with injuries and um, and we looked a little bit light at the back. So it was absolutely essential that not only we did we side someone, someone at, in the centre of defence, but also someone that was good. And that's not easy. But our recruitment team, they do seem to, particularly with central defenders, they seem particularly brilliant. Um, so... Um, and I like the look of him. It's too early to say, um, obviously, how good he's going to be. But he's 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 got um, very similar assets in many ways to Fafana. Um, he's he's quick. Um, he's he's powerful. He springs well. He's good in the air. He can play with the ball. Um, I, I don't see him bursting out and into the you know opposition's midfield like um, Fafana did. 
Um, but they're both young players, both of similar age, both um, um, both have massive futures ahead of them. So I'm just relieved, really, that we found someone that looks, who knows whether it'll be better or not. It's impossible to say after just a handful of games and, and, and for Farner after his injuries. So, But um, the good thing is that... Um, We've found we've found one, and I'm, I'm very confident he's going to be good. And I've made mistakes before, but um, I'm fairly confident on this one. Uh, well, we went quite early in calling that he'd be a cult hero before he'd even played yeah. a minute. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll have egg on our faces before you. If that's the... so early on that, and then then they, you know, then three weeks later they go, oh, can't believe why we signed him. You know, he's useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd normally say the same, but sadly our words are being recorded now, so people can quote us back. But, um, but yeah, I, I was going to also ask you. So it's it's fair to say it's been a season of two halves, and and we go into the international break with with loads of momentum. It's it, I think you suggested earlier you feel like you're you're mid table. We were having a bit of a debate in our WhatsApp group last night about whether whether Europe's on the cards. Are we are we getting carried away on that, or do you think that's a possibility? Um, it, it's a possibility. Um, it would be difficult because we've you know, given everyone a, such a big start. And, and the, the truth is this season, could anything could happen. None of us can predict. You know, it's, it's so unique to be stopped for a month in, in, in the middle of it um, and then to restart immediately after the World Cup. You know, depending on how many of your players have gone long distance into the tournament, imagine the players that get to the final or the third place playoff. And they have to start again on Boxing Day, just a week after either winning the World Cup, desperately being disappointed because you've lost in a semi or a final. And then suddenly you're back in Premier League football. Now, that's going to affect players, A, in terms of um, fatigue, but more, as as much as anything, in in terms of mentality and and going back to the ordinariness of playing for, for, for your club. So... I think it's going to be so difficult to predict what will happen after the break. Um, so, you know, in, in many ways, the teams that do better will probably be the teams whose players don't go too far in the tournament. So we'll see. Gary, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm actually going out to Qatar, one of about a thousand England fans, I think. But um, it seems odd because we don't really want the World Cup to come at the minute after the last few uh, few weeks. Um, Say, sorry, I did a phone call there interrupting it. I should get rid of it. <laughs> no worries. Um, this always happens to you, George. It always happens to me. Um, but I, I know you tweeted about uh, Madison. Uh, it would yep. be a travesty if he wasn't included in the squad. And we actually recorded our pod after the announcement. And I yep. think it's safe to say all three of us thought he was going to miss out. Were you surprised when he was included? No, no, not at all. I, I was absolutely convinced that he'd take him. I, I just, I mean, I couldn't see any reason why he wouldn't go. Uh, he's a good lad. He's got a great attitude. He's very smart. Um, he's a wonderful footballer. He's been playing brilliantly. He's simply played himself into the team with brilliant, superb performances. I kept saying to everyone, he has to be in. I cannot envisage him not being in the squad. He's, he's, he's way too good. Um, and for me, it's more a debate whether he starts, not not whether he's in the squad or not. So um, I've been very um, kind of vocal um, with Madders for for quite some time, pushing him. Um, sometimes you think, am I doing him any a, a, a disservice? I'm, I'm not going to help him because the manager can be they can be quite stubborn on things. But Gareth's not daft. Gareth's smart, um, and he's made the right decision. 
and um, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because um, it's been absolutely brilliant in a team that was struggling for the first seven or eight games of the season, so, which, is, which is much more difficult. Um, so, um, well done him on getting in and um, let's hope he makes his mark. I think um, for the last 18 months or so, as Leicester fans obviously know what he's capable of, but it seems like this season, the rest of the country and obviously the pundits you work with have finally yeah. seen what, what he can do. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you think it's a case of whether he starts. Do you think he's got a better chance of starting in the group games or the knockout? If we get uh, to the knockout stages, which we should. But my experience of World Cups, which is I've played in a couple of them, I've watched a lot of them. <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter what team starts in the opening game. No, it's players get injured, players get tired, players lose form, other players are impressed in training, they come in and the team evolves. Um, and it always does. And everyone would be going to do Lally about his starting lineup, but it doesn't really matter that much. Um, for me, I'd like to see us play with a consistency of system, because um, I think we chop and change too much, and I think that can work against us. I think we'd personally, I'd, I'd, I'd go four-three-three because that's pretty much what nearly all the players play, um, and it, it, it would suit most of them. And and we, obviously, the weakness in the England team is probably in the central defence. I don't. You know, it's not as strong there as we are elsewhere, where we're really strong. Um, so, you know, why would you play three central defenders when you're struggling to find two? Mm. Um, I understand why he does it because he's, you know, perhaps being a bit more protective. But I'd sooner, um, I'd sooner just play to our strengths, which are going forward, rather than playing to combat our weaknesses. But it's very easy for me to say, sitting on the sidelines and 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 being a forward and liking creative and 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 history tells us that to win a World Cup, you need to be pretty pragmatic in your in your system and your style of play but you know in Rice and um, in Bellingham we've got a great block in front of the um, sorry my dog's just coming um, <laughs> in front of um, um, the back four so they should get plenty of protection and um, we've got so much talent going forward so I don't know what the starting line will be I don't know which front three will play um, I'm sure Bellingham and Rice will play I think that's probably a given um, but Kane will play, obviously, and then it will be which two he plays either side. Now, you've got Saka and Sterling and, and Foden and Mount. And um, even if he shifts it and plays like one player just in front of those two, he could play Madison or he could play a six and an eight. So there, there are all sorts of things that are available um, to Gas, which is, is a good thing to have. But um, I always think picking someone else's team is a, a bit of an irrelevance, really. Let's just mm. criticise it when he's picked it. If they lose, <laughs> we'll praise it madly when they win. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the poison chalice, isn't it, being the England manager? Because obviously everyone's got their own eleven. Well, but great. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you mentioned that that front six. I suppose it's almost like he's got an embarrassment of riches really going forward. Um, and with it being in the middle of the season, I think um, we've got as good a chance as anyone. But how far realistically do you think we can go? Well, that's another question I always find because if you say, well, well, I think we can get to the semi-final. Well, if you're in a semi-final, you can win it, whoever you play. So, um, I, you know, we can go all the way. There's no question about that. There's no absolute, There's no one team that's standing out at the moment. Um, you know, France obviously won it four years ago, but they'll, you know, they'll probably either win it or just destroy themselves. That's what they usually do. But um, they've got, they've got, you know, they've got injuries, particularly in central defence and midfield. No, you know, no Kante, no Pogba. Um, Varane's made the squad, but there are doubts. Um, Kimpembe's pulled out today, so they're missing some big players. Um, I look at the other European teams that are, 
Germany look a little bit light up front, but they've got you know lots of good players, got a chance. Um, England obviously have a chance. Um, after that, I don't know really. Um, Spain have got a chance. They've got a young team again. Look a little bit short up front compared with some teams. We might get the first South American success for twenty years because um, you know Brazil have got lots of good players as they always have. Um, and um, Argentina have not lost a game for forever and have found a system that is very difficult to, to break down and they just rely on Messi's magic and that's kind of working for them. Um, but it's once it gets to the knockout stage, um, it's particularly around the quarterfinals, anyone can beat anyone. Um, um, and that's why it's so bloody difficult to win. <laughs> I mean, it is. Just one more, Gary. This is my second time going out to the World Cup um, yeah. and I cannot wait, but... Going back to 86 and 1990, just what is it like playing for England, pulling the shirt on in the changing room before you go out uh, to represent your country? It's it's hard to describe, really. I think it's just, um, it's the pinnacle for any footballer. It's what you want to play, represent your country to World Cup and do well. And 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 it's it just feeling of immense pride. Um, and obviously, you, you know, it's, it's burdensome in some ways because you've got to perform. Because everyone expects, you know, you to, when you play for your country, and um, you, we don't hold back when you don't do too well. So um, it's, but it's, you know, playing in the competition itself is is, is just. Um, I loved it. I love it. I love big games. It used to get the adrenaline flowing, and it's it's a buzz. And then, you know, people ask, what's it like scoring a big goal in a you know big World Cup knockout game? And it's, you know, I would say, well. You know when you're following England and they score a goal in the quarterfinals, and how does that feel? And everyone says, oh, "It's amazing." You just go mad. Well, it's like that, but times ten if you've done it yourself. So um, it's the best. Simple. <laughs> um, Gary, talking about the best. Before I let you go, can I just quickly ask you about Jamie Vardy? Um, you know, as a former striker yourself, um, you're pretty quick as well. You know, Jamie's at that age now. What, 36? In um in January, it's, it's the first season, Gary, where he's not necessarily been that first choice striker. Um, for me, he's still my number one. I understand now you, you have to rotate a little bit because of his age with um with Pats and Dacca. But but what's your thoughts on on Jamie Vardy? Is he is he still the the number one striker at the club? Um, and, and if not, what would you do with him? Oh, Jamie's fantastic. I mean, it's di- I mean, it's always difficult to manage players when they come towards the end of the career. Mm. And, and it doesn't matter who you are. Um, and he's, you know, he's lasted brilliantly, um, well into his 30s. And he's, he's been a fabulous striker. Definitely the second best striker the club's ever had. Emma um, <laughs> Heskey was quite good, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so, um, I, I, I love Jack Vardy. Um, he's, he's fabulous. It looks like he might have lost half a yard a yard. Brendan will know. He sees him train every day. But Brendan's smart. He'll get him on side. He'll get him because he's very important in the dressing room. Um, probably the reason they gave him another contract, even though he's probably said to him, you're going to play less now. And he has to, really. You've got to manage that. You know, we see it. You know, if you can keep a player on side, on board, as a manager, that's good management. I think it's, mm. you know, what we're seeing, say with the, the Ronaldo situation at the moment, is that, you know, he's nearly 38. He's, he can't do what he used to do. Um, he's, you know, and it, it becomes an issue when you, if that person becomes bigger than the club itself. Um, and that's where we are now with, with him. Um, so I think, you know, 
Brendan's managing it very well. He seems to have Vardy on board. Um, I'm sure he'll play plenty more football. Um, but, you know, you can't, can't defeat Father Time. It happens mm. to every single one of us at some point. And it's, it's starting to happen to, G- to Jamie. Um, and he's, he's lasted long. He's still, I still think there'll be times and appearances and sometimes he'll start, sometimes he'll be on the bench. But he will now need to be managed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just just lastly, sorry, I, I'm conscious of of keeping you for too long, but but how frustrating is it for a striker when you you are kind of built on that pace? And we know we've got low; he's got loads more facets to his game. But when you are, you know, as quick as what Vardy was, and of yeah. course as you were as well, how frustrating is that when you realise you have just lost that yard and you've you've got to adapt your game a little bit? Um, well, you kind of know it's going to come at some point, um, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's not one single you know moment. You suddenly go, oh, blonde, I'm really slow this morning. <laughs> yeah. But it's, and you don't hardly notice it. And I, know, I noticed it, funny enough, rightly when I was in Japan. And I, I kind of felt at Tottenham in my last season, I didn't feel quite as rapid. But then I played in Japan against this, um, and this centre-half, who wasn't particularly quick. And the ball went over the top. And I, I was dead level with him. And I thought, oh, this is easy. I'm going to go. <laughs> went past me. I thought, time's up. Hmm. Um, and it's 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 difficult to deal with because you know, for for most of the life up until that point, you've been really really good at something, and then you know you're never going to be as good at anything else for the rest of your life. So, it's a tough time for footballers, it really is. Mm. Um, Gary, we'll, we'll leave it there. I mean, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy Qatar, and of course. Um, I'm going to say we'll, we'll we'll try get you back on the on the podcast at some point, but we, we maybe not try push our luck. Once was, was was plenty, but Gary, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we all do really really do appreciate it. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Bit surreal, I have to say. Um, a little bit. Yeah, surreal is the word, but um, absolute pleasure and <laughs> legend doesn't quite do the the man service, does it? When you talk about you know Leicester and England, and uh, really enjoyed speaking to him. Um, yeah, Jack, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. I mean, the bit that always gets me is, you know, you see him on Match of the Day and whatever. He genuinely loves the club. He's mm. so passionate about it. Watches every game. I know his boys a little bit. I'm intrigued to see which one was uh, was Brendan out. I can probably have a guess, but they all love the club as well. Don't get to as many games as they'd, uh, they'd like to. Uh, uh, then he, um, but, um, but, yeah, no, it's... Uh, just really good to chat football. I thought the stuff about pace and age, I can imagine going out mm. to Japan. I'm I'm 35 next year, so I think my pace <laughs> is firmly gone, but um I can imagine get going out to Japan and, and getting outpaced when you uh, when you thought it was gonna be a bit of a cakewalk would be rather frustrating. Um I mm. don't think Vardy's quite there yet, but probably a topic topic for another day. Yeah, I, I can't imagine waking up one morning and thinking, oh, I'm not as quick as I once used to be when, you know, you never had the pace to, to lose in the first place. So at least you did have that, Gary. And at least uh, Vards, as you say, I think he's still got that yard as well. I don't think he's he's quite on the on the downfall, maybe, as, as what other people have, have suggested. But, Jack, you, you mentioned, you know, the fact that, you know, he clearly does love the club. And, you know, we had Danny Simpson on as well, Jordan, a, a few weeks ago. And I think that's what's so important is, you know, there's so many, you know, ex-players, you know, have played for, for loads of clubs, you know, in, in their life. But, you know, I think... The, the kind of the, the, the true 
test, if that's the right word, is that, you know, post-career, you know, come the weekends when all the Premier League teams are playing, whose results are they looking out for? And and we know that Danny Simpson is, is a Leicester fan. And of course, you know, you know, Gary's Leicester born and bred. But do you know what I mean? It's quite clear, isn't it? It'd be so easy to almost lose that, you know, fan within you, you know, when you're, when you're a player and when you're involved in the media. But he is, isn't he? He could not be any more kind of more Leicester, could he? No, no, no. I think it's, it's something we spoke about before, isn't it? Um, it's nice to see that representation in the media um, yeah. and him still being a fan. And obviously he wore his, said he'd wear his pants on match of the day if he won the <laughs> league. So I don't, I don't think I'd have been doing that. But yeah, I've never, I've never um, spoke to Gary before. So amazing to hear his insight into playing for Leicester and especially England in the World Cup. I've met his lads out in Copenhagen when we drew nil-nil. And they were all, you know, diehard Leicester fans. Um, I think one of the, the lads is, um, I won't say who he supports, but he's not a Leicester fan. But yeah, they were all, all good lads. And It's Chelsea, you know, isn't he? No, he's Man U. I think it's Man U. Yeah, he's Man U. But um, um, yeah. we, we, we were in some, some bar in Copenhagen. A few fans came over and one of the lads we were with um, is one of my friends. He's like, come on, let's just go somewhere else and have a sort of quiet night. But, you know when your dad's an England and Leicester legend, it must be pretty difficult. Um, but yeah, like you say, Jake, great, great to see that he's uh, he's sticking up for us on match of the day when we're, we're bottom yeah. of the league and he was Brendan in, which makes me feel yeah. a bit more uh, uh, And also, um, if they wanted to kind of go under the radar and not be Gary Lineker's son, unfortunately, um, genetics means that <laughs> they're not ever going to get away with that, even if they didn't want to be associated with their dad. I'm afraid, lads, uh, you're, you're definitely a Lineker. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, do you want to talk? Oh, we do need to talk about, of course, um, West Ham um, from the weekend. Um, anything really else to add from, from, from Gary? Or are we happy to... I mean, I suppose what I need to just quickly add is that I did say at the end of the, the previous episode that we are going to do now this this series of of kind of cult heroes throughout the the course of of the World Cup. That one's not a cult hero. That's just a real special guest for you. Um, really hope that you enjoyed it as much as what we did. But yeah, right. in the coming weeks we're, we're going to get some some Leicester cult heroes for you over the World Cup. I, I've got one thing to add to that, Jake. So I got yeah. I got a message this morning um, from LCFC Lee, the Instagram account, and he yeah. sent me a message saying, "I've got a question for you, lot. Fares or Fafana?" Mm. Um, so rather than answer that question myself, I, I said I'd put it towards our special guest and I didn't tell him who it was. So, uh, there you are, Lee. That one's for you, mate. Yeah, yeah it's quite surreal, isn't it? Yeah, throwing the question out for, for you and it just ends up somehow at, at Gary Lineker's <laughs> lap. I mean, let's ask that question, seeing as you have done. I think I saw somebody else tweet that. I think it was Roy Bennett, maybe, um, on Twitter. I, I may have just plucked that, that name out of my back of my head from somewhere but I actually saw him <laughs> say that a couple of weeks ago that you know to, to really kind of highlight just how good Vout has been is if you were to say to Leicester fans would you swap Wesley Fafana now for Vout face what would you do and I think that most if not all would say actually I think we're we're happy with what we've got and, and, and we'd keep Vout um <laughs> He has been really quite remarkable and part of a trio. And you do have to mention the trio of him, Dan Amati and Danny Ward. I mean, three names that I probably didn't envisage, you know, saying, you know, a couple of months ago, but it's been quite remarkable. And we were there Saturday. And um, I remember, I think I was saying to you, Jack, that, you know, West Ham were putting us under a little bit of pressure. I was saying, they're not going to score. 
You know, I, I, I mean, that you says say as much. That. I can confirm you did say that. And I it's... would stand there chewing my fingernails like yeah. I normally do. <laughs> it probably says as much about the way that West Ham are playing at the moment as well, because I thought they were desperately poor. And, you know, I think there's actually some problems there. And I wouldn't be hugely surprised if, if their season goes from bad to worse. I thought, you know, there was some very, it was a very strange mood around the, the stadium and, and from within that, that West Ham team. But, you know, it, it does also highlight just how rock solid that team is and the fact that Johnny Evans is fit and wasn't able to put himself back into the team you know Jordan th- those three keep the place don't they they, they formed you know a partnership and, and that is so so important at the back line isn't it it's unbelievable um I think you said Jake last week that you wouldn't pick Johnny Evans who's the club captain over Dan Amarty which again is something <laughs> I, don't I don't imagine that you thought you'd say and, and I still can't believe those words came out my mouth but I stand by it I agree. And I, I saw the Instagram posted earlier, a photo of Wow and Amati saying a lot of love for these two. And um, yeah, I agree, Jay. As soon as Madison scored, um, I thought we'd won. And we'd only played 10 minutes or so. Um, whether Is that that's why more... you didn't turn up for until the 70th <laughs> well, minute? At half time, you went for a pint and didn't come back to the 70th minute. <laughs> you were, you were no, so confident the lads would get the job done. Is that what happened? No, no comment. Um, I knew, Where's I knew Jordan gone? Has anyone seen Jordan? I knew the three points were safe. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, um, to concede, was it 22 from the first seven? To concede three from the next eight, including playing Man City, is just absolutely remarkable. I mean, you know, touching on Ward, he looks visibly more confident. He's making big saves at crucial times in the game. Um, I think Jack said last week, Fez and Amate just love defending. Um, and you can see the yep. sort of pride they've got in keeping a clean sheet. Um, Castagna is just absolutely top, top quality. And just a little shout for, for Luke, because mm. we said last week we'd play Luke Thomas. I thought he was sublime coming in at uh, left back. I don't remember him playing too much this season, but been f- thrown straight into a back four that's kept five clean sheets in seven. And it was completely seamless. And we made it six out of eight. And it's, you know, all of a sudden we're, looking up the table and we don't want the World Cup to come, which is just just unbelievable. And, and it's all down really to that back four or five and the, the work that the manager and the, the, the team have done. It's, it's a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, and, and, and thinking about that performance on Saturday, I think probably the only player who I, I kind of wanted a little bit more from was, was Pats and Dacca. You know, he, he really is in need of a goal at the moment. But I think everyone else put in a, a really good performance. I mean, even the substitution, look at the impact. A penalty. Yeah, I know he did. A penalty. And, mm-hmm. and he's done really well for that because he's so quick. He's got the other side of him. I mean, it was who's who said it wasn't a penalty? I mean, it was it was like Jordan. an absolute stone. <laughs> yeah. like, from from two hundred yards away, after yeah, ten pints. Absolute stone waller. <laughs> and I mean, the, the talk that's not been discussed is like how Craig Dawson was not sent off. I have no idea. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, in, interestingly, quickly on that, it was Jared Gillett who was the VAR, right? And, I don't know who he is. <laughs> right. Well, he he's, he was the referee on, on VAR duty who obviously recommended for, um, I don't know who the ref was. Was it Peter Banks? Might just be making it up to go have a look. And he awarded the penalty. Um, but it was it was Jared Gillett who was on VAR. He was also on VAR um, for Sunday's game for, for Brighton and Villa. I'm not sure if you saw that one. That's where, a stone waller. Yeah, where Luca Dean kicked Solly March. Literally yeah. kicked him yeah. and didn't give a penalty. And that was Jared, Jared Gillett as well. And this was the guy who was a referee over in Australia and they were so, so impressed with the way that the um, the Aussie League was using VAR. And in particular with him, they headhunted him and brought him to the Premier League. Um, and he was also the guy who was Chelsea West Ham with the the Jared Bowen one where he he jumped over Edward Mendy, you know, dubbed as the worst VAR 
decisions so far. So he's he's now responsible for three in in recent weeks of some absolutely god awful um, decisions. And you know, for all the criticism we make of you know English and Premier League referees, this guy was headhunted from another league. I, I don't get it, Jake, because obviously <laughs> at the game I didn't think it was a foul from. The other end of the pitch. Um, I would like to, to caveat that by saying I did say that Yuri was going to miss. I just had a feeling he'd miss. But I saw that on Match of the Day and it took me one look. Yeah, pen. Same mm. with the Brighton one. I was watching it in the pub after our game yesterday. One look, pen. You, like, I don't get how they come to these conclusions and have to see seven or eight replays. Like, If you know like football, you, you can see a foul and a penalty pretty much straight yeah. away. And I just Actually, don't I- get it. I think Craig Dawson did get a yellow. Did he get a yellow? Yeah, do you know what? When I watch the highlights back, I'm just going to double check right now. Um, I'm fairly certain when I watch the highlights back, he did in fact um, get a yellow card. I'll just quickly have yeah, a look okay. now if I, if I fill I mean, some you, time. You're sport speaking to someone who thought it was Castagna that scored the first. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are we even doing this podcast? Did that, did that, yeah, did yeah, yeah. Dawson did get a yellow card in the game. I'm presuming, okay. Jackie, it was from that tackle. I mean, in in our defence, West Ham is the single worst view at <laughs> an away ground. So, yeah. apart from maybe Palace, if you're behind the pole, but yeah, it's it's right up there. Um, I want to mention as well. We're talking about good performances. Harvey Barnes, you know, so so scored again. That is now six goals in thirteen games. That is a really, really, really good record and when we think that you know there's been so much focus and so much attention and plaudits for, for Madison absolutely rightly so but very quietly going about his businesses is Harvey and, and racking up the numbers and playing I would say um as good as he's ever played for Leicester Jack uh, and, a, and a more pertinent point how many has he got after we did the podcast when we talked yes. about his energy like his <laughs> form has turned around assist. since then yeah mm. massively he's brutal he, again I've, I've said it before we take Harvey Barnes for granted he has all the tools to be like a top, top player in this league. And he just took the goal so calmly. He, he finishes off both feet. I mean, what a ball from Perez, by the way. Like yeah. Unbelievable cameo in, in a short space of time. He deserves some credit for that. Um, but yeah, he, he looks a threat now. And you can definitely see, you know, right backs are not happy to play against him. I mean, for the first goal, again, like brilliant. He makes a brilliant run. Sumari mm. did really well for that as well. Thought Sumari had a really good game in same in in general actually, and I, I I like the fact that he took Yuri off, whether that was because of the World Cup or whatever. But I think Sumari, you know, particularly against West Ham, a physical side, I thought thought that was a really a, a really good substitution. But yeah, Harvey, um, just really really good. I think he's he's not been in the England debate probably because of Madison's form, and I mean, who who does he? get ahead get ahead of but I mean I yeah, think his time will come at some stage because you know if he if he keeps stringing this form together then there aren't many wingers in the country that have you know the goal scoring record that he does hmm. but the, it, you talk about goal scoring though and I, I, I don't want to be negative because obviously you know things are now really looking good but I'm looking around that team and you know we talk about that that back line now it, it looks settled I mean I know we're a little bit restricted at the moment with with some injuries we've got great options in the central areas with the emergence of Booba and then you know, we've got Wilf, Jewsby Hall, Tielemans and you know, Madison can of course play there as can Dennis Pratt just for me Jordan I'm still unsure about the best way for Leicester to 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 play in terms of utilising the number nine because clearly Brendan's decided that that Vards can't play every game now I 
actually still, as I've said, as I said to, to Gary, I still would have Jamie as our, as our number one striker. But it feels like Brendan's decided that that will be Patson and, and, and Jamie will be rotated for the other ones. But Patson, yes, for 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 his, his his improvements in areas, and he has improved, and you know he can score goals. The reality is is that other players are, are scoring more, and yeah, I'm I'm still a little bit unsure that if if Leicester want to be where where we want them to be, I'm still not quite sure Patson is at that level, you know, and I'm not still quite sure that if we're going to replace Jamie Vardy, I'm not sure that that Patson's the guy for for the job. I, I, yeah, I, what what do, you, what do you make of that, Jordan? Because yeah, I mean, we know the big boots to fill Vardy, but yeah, I'm not quite sure still Patson's the guy for the job. Yeah, it's uh, it's been coming for a long time. I remember when Puel tried to do it a bit too early, didn't he? And he played Damari Gray through the middle um, away at Spurs at Wembley, which really didn't go down too well. But, you know, like like uh, Gary Lineker mentioned it, you know, it, it, it does look as though he's, he might be losing that yard of pace, but... At the same time for Vardy and any striker, really, you've got to be starting week in, week out, playing 75, 80 minutes. You can't really just come in and out of the team every one or two weeks and expect someone to get 10 goals for you. Um, I like Dakar. I think he's the closest to Vardy we've obviously got. Um, and he's a lot better than Ahmed Moussa, who we tried to replace Vardy with a few years ago. But... Um, I think he's a good finisher. I think there's a player there and he, he's going to be learning off the best in training. And I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, the, the good thing is we've got goals, seven from Madison, six from Barnes. We've got them in other areas. Um, I still think we're his striker short. I'm not completely sold on Ian Acho, particularly on his own. Um, he's much better in a two, I think. But I, I'm going to give Patson the, the benefit of the doubt. And if I think if Brennan's going to go down this route of Vardy one week, Dakar the next, then Vardy for an hour and then Vardy the week after off the bench for 20 minutes. I mean, I'm not too sure what you can expect for both of them. Um, it's difficult to come in and out the side. So it's, it's a conundrum. And, it, and it, you know, I trust Rodgers to, to be the right man to do it. And, but we have eventually got to move on from, from Vardy, mm. which at one point did look as though it would be <laughs> a bit terminal. But um, I'm willing to give Patson the benefit of the doubt. I definitely think there's a player in there. Yeah, Jack, I know you're a big fan of... Uh, was it you who dubbed him Patty D at the weekend? Or Jordan, no. was that you? I, I, think, that I, think that might, I think that might have been Jordan, though. Probably can't remember. Um, yeah, sounds like Jordan. <laughs> I know you're a massive fan of him. But be honest, mate. You know, you're looking at the quality that we've got. You know, you're talking about Barnes, Madison. You talk about the player that Vardy was. You know, and, and look at the levels of, of Tielemans in Didi. We've got some real good players in there. Are you still of the opinion that Pats and Dakar will grow into that player who is at you know a similar level, if not better, um, than those guys around him? Are you still convinced by him? Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. So the hardest thing for a striker to do is finish, and I think he's a finisher. He's not missing chances. He's hitting the target. I don't remember him missing too many chances this season. I mean, last season he was missing a, missing a few chances, including one at PSV, which was a really good chance. And the other bit is he is so fast. He causes so many problems. And I I just think, you know, he, he, he's not, I mean, he's 22, 23. I think yeah. his time will come. Um, I, I've actually been probably more impressed in the last three or four games by him than at any other point than he's been here because I think he's learning how to play on the side. He's holding hmm. the ball up well. He's linking the play a lot better. He always presses really well. I think tactically he's, you know, holding a position. 
better um, in terms of the press and everything like that. So I, I, I genuinely, honestly, hand on heart, think he could be a 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. I th- that that I think was literally what one. I was about to say. You think he I, can score? Because that, that's yeah. that's the benchmark, isn't it? He's got to yeah, score yeah. 20 Premier League goals. And look, he's he's got the hardest gig in Leicester City <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah, he has. The air to Jamie Vardy. But I, I think he's got the attributes to do it. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he's a real a real handful. And I think, you know, that he didn't score on on Saturday, but he, he didn't have that many chances. He didn't miss one. And he's, you know, he's won a penalty, which... You know, on another day, he might have got shot away if you know Craig Dawson mm. didn't try and poleax him. Horrendous tackle. Um, mm. So, so yeah, I honestly, I genuinely, I genuinely think he's he's the guy for us. Um, although I'm not referring to him as Patty D, as, <laughs> as Jordan I, I, referred to him. Jordan, are you are you admitting that it was you, wasn't it? I think that was me. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, you, you you had a nickname for Samari, so I did think I? It's on par. I think Jack did. Booba. No, I don't remember. I don't remember this. Okay. Yeah. No, but, no, um, no. I think you're it, making it up. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, on the the Foss Way uh, tomorrow morning, it's the opposite end of the pitch. Um, but the question was, is Danny Ward um, Leicester's long-term answer as the number one? So it's a similar predicament to what we've got with Vardy. Yeah. And I, I kind of felt that we may, maybe. Uh, well, there's no maybe. Certainly, we we were all guilty of being a bit too harsh, I think, on on Danny Ward and judging him too soon in those first seven games. Because <laughs> you look at the next day, and yeah. he, he certainly proved us wrong. And you know, I think there's an element there of the short termism that every fan has. But Kasper Schmeichel's probably the best goalkeeper in our history. Um, we just sold for Farner. We didn't have a settled back four, and we're expecting Danny Ward, who's been a number two, just to come in and get on with it and be as good as Kasper and. That's probably the same with Patson, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, like Jack said, it's, it's probably the hardest gig in, in Leicester history is replacing the goat. So um, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? But someone's yeah. got to do it. Well, I, I mean, for me, I just don't replace the goat. I, I still think he's better than Patson Dacker, you know? Oh, and, and there is an argument to that. When Vardy came on a Saturday, I can't, at one point I was saying he's just such a smart player. Yeah. Like, the way he it, uses his body. It, it was the he West won a free. Isn't that Nayef a good the, the new yeah. West Ham defender where you, you want yeah. too much time? You know they they were back around their eighteen yard box. You yeah. know obviously you know he should know Vardy. I mean most people do, but you know he just he just closes him down and, and wins as a, a free kick or a, or a throw in right down into into the West Ham area. And it, it looks like there's such small insignificant things, but you know it's that ability is it to affect a game when you haven't got the ball or just to, to put them under extra pressure. And I still think he's the best man at doing it for us. Yeah, I, I I think there is an argument to say that. I don't think Patson's too far behind him um, now. So so yeah. The the other thing I was going to mention was, and and this occurred to me this morning. Is there anyone that wasn't captain at some point on Saturday? <laughs> it was handed around, wasn't it? Indeed, he was captain at one point, and then he handed it to someone else. It was like they're all doing five minutes each. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely got passed around for sure. Um, quickly, are we going to do? Um, I know we we shouldn't do production meetings live on the podcast. Um, are we doing? Uh, who are you today? Yes, we are, and I'm doing it. So, all right, perfect. Prepped, so don't worry. All right. Before we do that, though, um, because we are now at this 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 break, we now break for the World Cup. Um, we're, we're kind of back. Um, before well, we are back before January, but I want to talk about January now because we mentioned last week on, on the podcast, didn't we? We've we've cashed in on that that loan, so we've theoretically, I can only presume, 
that is so we can spend a little bit of, of money in January. So we talk about, you know, them, them areas. I think midfield, we're well stocked. We've got that back three now, which, you know, a few months ago, we were saying we need a centre-half, we need a centre-half. I wonder now if people's thoughts and, and views have changed on that. We've, of course, had a couple of injuries at, at a fullback. You know, do we go short-term in terms of, of a loan? Because, you know, we know that Ricardo and, and Justin are coming back. Um, basically, the question is, if you've got £50 million to spend, where do you spend it? Um, I'll start with you, Jordan. Yeah, I think we were saying on the last pod, uh, well, I certainly said I think we need a new left-back. Um, maybe after Thomas's display on Saturday, mm. I might change my mind a little bit. I think, can he deputise for long enough until um, Castani can go over to the left and maybe Ricky can come back in. Uh, whether Ricky is ever going to hit the heights that he did um, with all these injuries, I just I very much doubt. But like you say, that him and Justin probably won't see Justin this season. But do we need to spend money on a, on a fullback? Maybe not. I mean, we signed Ryan Bertrand and that was an absolute disaster. So I'd rather avoid that situation again. Um uh, yeah, like I said, I still think we're a striker short. And as Jack said last week, and I think everyone said for six years, we're still a right winger short. So um, they'd be my probably two primary areas, but they're the, the ones that cost the most money. So, yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's, it's probably more a case of as bad as it sounds, um, you know, what it was like in the summer, we didn't bring anyone in, but keeping hold of Yuri and Madison at least until the summer. Um, because if we were to lose one or both of them, potentially, then we'd be looking over our shoulders again. So um, for me, it'd be, it'd be keeping everyone together. But yeah, I'm sure Brennan's got a, a couple of uh, targets, you know, in mind. Um, but like I say, I think I'd go striker and a winger. Mm. Um, and I mean, what are we just checking the table? I mean, I know we've played a couple 13th more. 13th now. We've, we've only played one more than Liverpool and we've gotten to play only five points behind them. So we're not a million miles away from, from being in and around where we want to be. And a couple more players over the line would obviously help us do that. And then, and then hopefully convince Yuri and Madders to, to stay put. So. Yeah. I, I mean, Jack, if you have got 50 million pounds, I mean, we, we've spoken so much haven't we, about a winger and, you know, I think really the only genuine winger we've got at the club who anyone really fancies is, is Harvey Barnes. But somehow, you know, almost by kind of default, have we stumbled across Madison's best position? You know, it, I'd almost feel a little bit like if we go and sign a right winger now and, and stick him in, in in right wing and then move Madders back into, you know, that central area, are we actually stopping a player who's who's actually kind of really kind of learning and, and moulding and, and building himself into actually, you know, whilst it may not have been the obvious position for him, it's where he's now producing his, his best number. So I'm almost like, do we need to sign a right winger? Uh, yes, we do need to sign a right winger. Uh, not because of Madison. I actually think the number of players out of some uh, out of contract in the summer is really high, um, and so uh, so I think there's part of we need to plan ahead for that. Um, I, I think Madison, uh, you know, he can play right wing, number ten, number eight, left wing. Although he can't do do that according to uh, some members of the media. Um, so, so yeah, we need to get another winger in because as soon as Barnes gets injured, we have to restructure the whole balance of the team. So we need someone else. I mean, my preference would be a left-footed right winger, but if it happens to be another Barnes replacement who can play left or right, then then so be it. But, I mean, that for me would probably be the priority. And then 
I don't I don't know about left back. I mean, if you signed a centre back that could also play left back, that might help guide us through potentially. Um, but equally, Amati's out of contract in the summer. Evans is out of contract in the summer. So Yunchu's out of contract in the summer, and they hope Vestergaard leaves ASAP. So that leaves us with basically Fez as well. So there's a lot of decisions to be made coming up to the summer. And actually, that's why I think now, particularly with Yuri and, you know, maybe a Madison leaving on top of that because his contract's running down. Like, I think we need to sort of, the refresh almost needs to start um, as soon as possible, really. And it's probably not the worst time after after the World Cup. I mean, uh, Roger said he was having a couple of weeks off and then going to go and work on the recruitment. So hopefully we can can get players in. But almost the amount of work I think the squad will need in the summer, I, I think, you know, getting a couple in now might help that and also convince a couple of other players to, to stick around, hopefully. So you, you mm. always need to improve, I think. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, Before, actually, no, yeah. So if... Either you've got anything to add before we play Who Are You? Or are we ready for a bit of fun? We good? Beautiful, right? Cue music. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right, so who are you? Um, last week we had the first, um, first ever who are you where neither myself or Jordan could get it. Jack with the, is it, I still don't know the guy, Luigi Glombard? Luigi Glombard. And, and we would have got still the other, we, who he is. we would have got the person that got it first, but actually as we've realised it's very difficult to real, work out who got it on what clue. So mm. there were two or three people that been sent three. us messages. been in touch, yeah. Yeah, um, so there's the Fox's Arms, Dave Bevan, and someone else, I think, Jake. I'm going to have to give him a shout if yeah. you give me two moments. Yeah, so there's three so people get... claim to have got it. Yeah, so well well done them. And then a couple of Jordan's mates, evening yeah. if you listen. If... James James Challoner, Dan Sodi both got it. Um, uh, and you accused and... me of my head falling off when I guess Bruno and Gotti, which is fair. I mean, mm, yes. I had it, had it long, long gone. Uh, ben Payne was the guy who got in touch on on Twitter who says he got it as well. So okay. if you did genuinely get it, um, congratulations. But yeah, uh, because we've had Gary on today, apologies we haven't got round to inviting any of you on. Um, I'm sure you don't <laughs> mind uh, being bumped for Gary Lineker. But um, we, we will at some point get a little guest on um, to join us if you, if you fancy having a you know game with, with us at Who Are You? So Jack, because neither me and Jordan got it last week, it means you've got to stay back on and, and deliver us another name. Is it going to be as difficult as last week? Yeah, it's pretty hard, yes. this one. <laughs> as in, I'd okay. forgotten this person played for us. So if you get this, I'll be well impressed. Do you just there want is, to is... carry on being Quizmaster? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I love, I, I love this. Yeah. This is my absolute niche in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll give you two clues to start. So right, okay. I was... We're off. Right. I was born in November... 1994 and I played for Leicester between 2014 and 2016. So I got distracted for a second there. I don't, I was looking out the window. Can you do that again? <laughs> That's born really in rude. I, born in 1994. <laughs> what was out your window? I don't know. Just okay. when something just catches your eye, you're peripheral and you're looking. I just forgot uh, I wasn't listening. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Quite important uh, I listen to this. 
Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, born in 1994, played for Leicester between 2014 and 2016. Right, okay. So it's relatively so current. It should be good. Tw- he's 28 then. And he yeah. played in the Great Escape squad. Yeah. And the team that came up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it? Is it <laughs> this, is, this is why it's quite hard. Is it worth me saying he didn't make play a single minute for Leicester City? <laughs> Brilliant. But um, I mean, but he, he, he was under contract, so he, yeah. he was under contract yeah. for two years. So we didn't quite define criteria. So you've given I, us two players with a combined yeah. Leicester yeah. career of thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really are um, trying to do us over, aren't you? Uh, he started his career at Manchester United. Okay. Yeah, keep going. While he was with us, he went on loan to Rotherham United, Notts County and the Portland Timbers. Yeah, got it. Uh, Jack Barnby. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Very good. Well done, Jake. Very good. <sighs> Portland Timbers was the giveaway, wasn't it? If I said the yeah. other two. Mm. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. Again, well, I yes, completely forgot yeah. we signed him. Mm. Yes, yeah, so did yeah, I. Yeah. I thought that one, there was a way out because I could be like, my dad played for England. I've got a, a fun, um, actually, no, it's not Nick Barnby. It completely ignored I said that. Um, yeah, swiftly moving on. I was going to tell you a really good stat about Nick Barnby, but it's not even Nick Barnby. It's someone else. <laughs> and I now can't say the other guy's name because it's going to ruin that stat. So swiftly moving on. Um, okay. I've got Jack Barnby. Um, happy with that one. That was quite yeah, difficult. Yeah, zero was... minutes. So, winner stays on. So that means Jordan, your quiz master next week. Yep, that's fine by me. I think was it two, two for you, two for Jack, and one for me now. Then, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who I've got. I've got Paul Brooker, Jack Barnby. I feel like I've got another one as well. I don't know. I might not. We I should probably the... keep better score of this. I remember at the weekend someone saying that some of these players they've never heard of. And I just took that as, as we're too old. And I think or just really weird. because yeah, or both. Yeah. I mean, most people were alive listening to this podcast yeah. when Jack Barnby was at Leicester. I, but I think there is probably a niche group of people who, who managed to get that. And you, you, you found three of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're going after. We're going after a niche. I also got told there were too many Southern accents on this podcast, which, which has given me a huge complex going forward. So... I, I mean, we are all literally from Leicester, but yeah, we're, we're quite conscious that Jordan is the only one with the proper Leicester accent. So it's sorry fine. about that, guys. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. It, 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 and what, once you've had 10 pints, you get even more Leicester, don't you? I, I have yeah. been told that by many of my <laughs> Definitely mates do. That when I actually have a beer, I actually just start talking proper Leicester rather than I try not to. But mm. nothing wrong with that, mate. Right. We've got no game to look forward to. This weekend, but I'm fine with that. Four wins in in a row, which is which is really quite lovely. Of course, we've got the World Cup coming around the corner. Jordan, when do you fly? Um, so I actually don't go until the 27th. You're, you're now not going. Twenty <laughs> <laughs> seventh. All right, you got ages then. Yeah, so I missed the first two games because Iran and USA in uh, Doha doesn't really scream World Cup, does it? But flying out on the 27th to Istanbul, Istanbul to Dubai, Dubai to Doha. Uh, and then um, fly fly there for the Wales game, back to Dubai for six or seven days to uh, have a bit of a holiday, 
and then hopefully we'll be in the knockouts. That's when the proper stuff starts, isn't it? So yeah. condition all the way to the final. So I could be there till the 8th of December or I could be back within two days of going, going to Doha. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, so, yeah, usually we look ahead to, to the next game and probably do a, a starting or predicted eleven. Should we do one for England, you know, against Iran? So it's we're not going to do a, a podcast before that. That's the opening game, isn't it, this weekend? Um, Jack, I'll give you a moment, Jack, to have a think about that. Um, Jordan, seeing as you are the England man, um, what is your starting 11? I mean, actually, I'm going to say, what is your 10 after James Madison? Yeah, so... Um, you're obviously starting right. Well, watching Match of the Day too last night was interesting because it was Defoe and Jenis. And a lot of the, you know, England 11s watch your England 11, but they did it. What is your group stage? And then watch your knockout 11, which I thought was was a good angle. Um, but for Iran, um, let's go four at the back. Pickford in goal. Um, Trippier, Stones, Maguire, Shaw. Rice, Bellingham, Sterling, Foden, Saka, Kane. And that okay. leaves uh, Madders and Jackie Grealish to come on off the bench with 20 minutes left at nil-nil and win the game for us. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd go, I'd go a four-two-three-one or you know four-three-three, same thing. Uh, yeah. but Foden through the middle, Saka and Sterling out wide, um, just on the basis that Gareth trusts them, and I don't think he'll throw Madison straight in. But I, I do think Madison will play a part in in the tournament. Um, mm. Hopefully, he can have a big impact. Yeah, and I'm always conflicted when I do these 11s in terms of what I want and what I think the manager will select. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, for, for me, it's not too dissimilar to yours, George. So so Pickford in goal, um, Walker at, at right back, maybe controversially Maguire and Stones, just because they've got a partnership. And and I think that, that Southgate also will pick Harry Maguire. Yeah. And I'm not massively convinced by the other guys who, who he's picked anyway. Uh, I think it's much for muchness. I think um, they're the best too. Yeah, and they've got the partnership, haven't they? Um, Luke Shaw at left back. Midfield three of Bellingham, Rice and Mount. Grealish on the left, Foden on the right and Kane through the middle. And yeah, hoping that the likes of, you know, your Saka is an impact and, and same with Madison. Um, you're, you're going there more, keep the ball, aren't you? Get Grealish um, and Foden on it. I'm just not convinced by Sterling. Never really have been. I understand and respect and appreciate his career. I really do. Um, but... He would be in very few of my my starting 11s if I was a you know a Chelsea, yeah. Man City, or, or or England manager. That's just the my, my brutal opinion. I think he's a good player, but you know I've never been crazy for him. Um, yeah, I, I would still go with with, with Grealish for him. Um, very, Jack, what about you, good, mate? Very good England player, Jake. I can see Jack's probably on some sort of squad selector by the looks of it. No, yeah, I'm just trying to remember who's in the squad. Quite a thing I've just noticed. I look at our centre halves and I go. Honestly, yeah. I'd pick you two. Like, I had a, I had a, um, yeah, I, I, I think Maguire probably has to play, doesn't he? Exactly. Maguire yeah. and Stones. And you can and, use I almost mean, Iran and USA as, as warm-up games for him. I know that almost feels disrespectful yeah. to say. But, you know, it's, it's it, they're kind of two nice games to, to get him some minutes because obviously he's not been playing loads lately. Yeah, so, so I think I'd play them. I'd probably play Walker because I think he's the best defensively. And then I'd probably play Trippier at left-back. Um, I'm not sure about Shaw in a four. He's probably more comfortable there. Rise, Bellingham. Uh, I would then go for like a trio of number 10s behind Kane. Grealish, Foden, Madison, and then Kane. Um, 
so yeah i think i think that's what i, I do i do like the uh, idea of grealish madison and um Snowden all playing together it'd be just it'd be like chaos it would yeah. be like in street football wouldn't it they just yeah exactly off and, i think what uh, kids on youtube say would probably too much sauce too much sauce <laughs> yes. ratioed yeah um, something like that don't know what that means but sure yeah a, a good point actually about england um and like you said jake it's you're always torn between what you want to play and mm. what the, the manager chooses but someone said at the weekend you know when brendan picks you know you pick your leicester side and brendan picks a different one but you don't turn around and go oh i, I ain't following leicester anymore because he's not picked barnes he's on the bench which that seems to be the case with england it's like well he ain't playing so and so i ain't bothered Mm. If you're if you're English, if you're an England fan, you know, regardless of the team, we've got a great squad. Just get behind them, get it home, bring it home at last. We've yeah. got as good a chance as anyone, I think. So, so you're preaching to the, to the wrong two. Jack just had to look yeah, at the squad. Was can I just say thank you to both of you for waiting till the 58th minute to say it's coming home in the podcast? Because nothing winds me up more over the next six weeks than people mm. that do not watch football for you know about three years and then just shout it's coming home constantly it's yeah. the most irritating thing going funnily enough jack that that could have featured on my pet peeves I, yeah. i'd agree wholeheartedly with that yeah. yeah right well i'll tell you what we'll do pet peeves and the the, the inaugural jordan holford pet peeves on next week's episode um jack your stories will return as will who are you and um, it will be, I'm sticking my neck out on the line, our first in this new series of, of cult heroes, Leicester City players. Don't know who the player will be yet, but we promise you um, we will have someone. So say, stay tuned. Because today, today no, is not a cult hero because it would Gary be is good. Yeah, Gary is not a cult hero. He is just a hero, a hero. full stop. But yeah, please um, do look out for that episode next week. I hope you enjoyed today. And uh, once again, thank you to, to Gary Lineker, Again, feels somewhat surreal to say that he's just been on the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Gary. It was absolutely brilliant. An absolute pleasure having you on. And, yeah, hope you enjoy the episode and we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.